Hello, my name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagner, and I am a clinical therapist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. How you doing today? Projecting. Yes, you are projecting. You're projecting a lot onto me. Projecting. <laughs> projecting that I don't take care of myself very well, and I'm projecting onto you how well you take care of yourself, and it makes me feel jealous. And and therefore, envy. I am to blame. <laughs> I blame. I blame you for how how easy you make it look to just be there for yourself. Oh, thank you. Um, it's not as easy as it seems, but I definitely make taking care of myself a priority because that helps me to connect, you know, my mind and body. So, um, before we really get into this episode though, I did want to, um, have a formal apology, apology to, uh, one of our coworkers and friends just let us know that Indianapolis is actually one of the fastest growing cities and is upcoming as a foodie place in her words. She sent us an article about it. So says the Indianapolis so. Times, you know, so. So we just wanted to go ahead and apologize for that. How do we know this isn't one of those fake news things? <laughs> it's actually the onion that made this article. Ah, yes. <laughs> Indianapolis fastest growing city for sloths. <laughs> for sloths. <laughs> oh man, that's. I, I stated, I stated last episode that all of my opinions were coming only from my mind. And we all know how much I love to project. <laughs> so maybe maybe I've been projecting some sort of weird, negative Indianapolis place that other people haven't had. Maybe people yeah. have had more positive experiences with Indianapolis. So sorry to everyone that we might have offended. For the record, though, <laughs> the coworker slash friend does not live in Indianapolis. She lives in Chicago. <laughs> so I just want to say that. She left there for a reason. She left there for a reason. Oh that, man, that needs to be known. So let's not let's not get it twisted for a moment. Oh, that's just because you like have an ex and you can talk positively and say like, well, he's not really that bad of a guy, but you still broke up with him. So well, that's a good point. That is a good point. I'm not saying I'm not saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense, but anyways. Getting more into what we were hoping to talk about today. So um, checking in with myself today, I am feeling I had um, probably like one too many glasses of wine last night. So I had three because now I'm old and two glasses of wine gives me a headache. Three, I'm just like, mm, no, my stomach kind of hurts a little bit. So I have a bit of a headache today. When do you ignore those sensations <laughs> like when do you realize that you know it's like when you're drinking that wide and you know you know what's gonna happen you're you even start to like i know my stomach is gonna hurt i know that tomorrow i'm gonna have a bit of a headache while i was looking around me i was with girlfriends that i hadn't seen in a while we were catching up and you know they're just literally filling my glass for me and i'm like well can't waste it so <laughs> right stomach hurts it's like headache coming on and then you're distracted for a moment by the mm -hmm. polite conversation Right, or fun conversation or planning like what's coming next or, you know, you're really engaged in the conversation that's happening. So, but that brings me to kind of the topic that we're talking about, which is, which is more along the lines of like healing. Um, and I, I like to think that I'm pretty connected with my body a lot of the times. 
when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious or I've got too many things on my plate, I'm more caught in my mind. But I do try to find ways to like reconnect my, to my body. And that might be through doing like a body scan or doing yoga to be able to ground and, and recenter. Um, and that really kind of got us thinking about like healing and what does healing kind of look like and how do we go from maybe like healing from a hangover or healing from a surgery or, you know, what does that look like? Well, even at the beginning of our discussion, you know, that, that projection that I was saying about how you take care of yourself, mm-hmm. as you were describing your body, I was just thinking, I, I don't pay attention to my body at all. Mm. I constantly skip meals. Mm-hmm. I'm like the most notorious meal skipper. When I'm feeling really poorly about myself or my life isn't going well, the first thing that gets cut out is like sleeping, eating, mm. water. Just, you know, the basic necessities that a human body requires for life. Yeah. I was talking to my Lyft driver today about hanger. And I think that that, that's actually one of the most real like mind-body connections that we can have is you're like, okay, why am I so like irritable right now? Like, I don't understand why I'm so irritable. And then you think through, then you think through, then you think through. You're like, oh, wait, I haven't eaten. So I'm hungry. And therefore, it makes sense that I'm emotionally maybe heightened in this moment. And I do this for Aveline all the time. There are these moments where she's just going nuts. And I realize all she needs is a snack. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I won't take it personally. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, no, you're just hungry. And we even have like a name for it because she we call it eyebrows because her eyebrows just suddenly just like get all pointy <laughs> and she's just completely upset and so Aww. once the eyebrows turns on you're just like okay we need to get bread or carbs or just some sort of food into this thing to just suppress that demon from coming out <laughs> demon child. and yet when it comes to me i think some you ever have that moment where you confuse being sleepy for severe depression. Oh, absolutely. You're just like, well, I think my life is terrible and awful. And then you just take a nap and then you wake up and you're like, I feel fine. You're like, I'm healed. I feel better. It's kind of an incredible thing. Our body can tell us so much. And our body does a really incredible job of healing itself. And a lot of the times we don't listen to our body. We listen to our mind. And when we have that disconnect, it's really hard to reconnect and the ways that we can reconnect is being mindful and checking in with our bodies. It's, I think it's one of the most incredible things, the, the healing process that our body has. So about a year or so ago, I, I had to have like a minor surgery and it put me out for about six weeks and I like six weeks from exercising. Like I had to go to several doctor's appointments. It was a really painful recovery. I couldn't work out, I couldn't do yoga, I couldn't do the things I usually do. And I felt like this instant, like, oh my gosh, I'm restricted. I'm not allowed to do what I need to do. I wanna go work out, I wanna go do these things, but because I had this surgery and I had these restrictions, I can't do what I need to do to heal myself, to feel better, to heal my emotions, to feel more grounded. But I didn't actually think about, wait, I actually need to just slow down in this moment and let my body do what it needs to do. I'll get back to working out. I'll get back to feeling like my normal self, but why don't I just take it easy right now? Sometimes the listening can only come about through that sense of starvation or restriction. That's when it gets loud. And I wonder 
was just reflecting as you were talking about that, you know, am I starving myself in those ways because at some point my body's going to say like, hey, I'm hungry. Listen to me. And like, so now I'm just thinking, okay, so my body is talking to me. I love that you said that. Like it gets, my body then has to get loud. Like when we're in communication, we feel like we're not being heard. We get louder. So your body is then, your stomach's actually probably making noises at you and grumbling and then your emotions are getting you know, all twisted in some ways. So and you're always in that one meeting where it's really quiet. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. Yep. And we get self-conscious because of that. It's an interesting thing. Like who brought the tiny pit bull to the office? <laughs> you're like, it's me. I'm sorry. But it's kind of incredible though, to think about. So even like if we're super sick, and you know we have a fever that is our body's way of heating up our entire body to try to like fight against this bacteria or this infection or whatever it's so incredible what our body can do to help us feel better even if we're like emotionally not feeling well if we tune into that and we say okay i'm not feeling good i'm feeling maybe depressed today or i'm feeling a little anxious why don't I breathe today? Why don't I take that really big deep breath? That is a way that our body can help to heal and manage these heightened emotions that are happening. I saw you do that just now. I know. I think if, if anyone rewinds Rachel's voice right up until that point where she says, why don't we just breathe? Why don't we just listen to that? Notice like she was getting really excited about that story and then boom, she observes herself not breathing. She took a breath. And then all of a sudden she paced herself. And it gets you back down. And it gets you back down. Just even giving yourself permission for that breath or just saying, hey, breathe. Breathe. Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorite things to tell guests all the time and myself. On my yoga trip, the yoga instructor said to me, she's like, you know, sometimes you hold your breath. And I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea I did that. Because a lot of times we don't take those really big deep breaths our lungs go all the way down into our abdomen. It's kind of crazy. So I challenge everyone right now, feel where your ribs stop. That is where your lungs go. And when we breathe, we breathe into our chest. We don't actually breathe all the way down into our belly. But if we take that really big deep breath into our belly, that can be so healing. But then my belly feels like all pregnant and just full. Right. And then and that's I, a judgment and that's a judgment. And that, and that's what I was observing that. And then suddenly I feel very vulnerable. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm a cat. And I just want to protect my tummy mm -hmm. with my claws. Mm -hmm. And that's and lot, just, that's just stupid. It's right. So and a lot of times women will say to me, well, I don't want to poke my stomach out that we're taught as women that we need to hold our stomach in. Oh my gosh. Women aren't even allowed to breathe. Right? We're not even allowed to breathe. We're not even allowed to breathe. Okay, that's so. men. Like that's where that's how bad it is. Women can't breathe. That's how bad it is. You know, I I keep seeing the contrast. I I feel between how we approach our bodies and how we approach our minds, and I'm noticing that I'm having this really avoidant process with my body and just listening to you and how you're describing it i'm always ready to go into the mind mm. so quickly and so you're like avoiding listening to your body yeah as if as if i'm acting like oh no no i don't really need it 
my thinking or my mind that's the thing that's gonna that's the thing that's gonna save me that's mm. the thing that's gonna make things i only better. need my mind yeah and i can see how that goes back even into you know earlier episodes sense of self looking intelligent appearing smart sure. you know if if what's gonna make sure i have food is my ability to do my job well mm. no actually it's whether i eat yeah absolutely and this goes into even what is actually causing damage. Sure. Sure. Is it the thing that we think it is? Or is it our own neglect at times that causes more damage? I think it can be, yeah, a little bit of both. I think a lot of times we do neglect, you know, what do I need in this moment for, like, my body? We think about what do I need mentally? What do I need um for work what do i need for my relationship like we think about those things but i don't know if we actually check in with my body okay so today in particular i checked in with my body already today and i'm supposed to go to a spinning class later but my ankle really really hurts and the your ankle your knee and your hip they're all kind of connected and i have like a hip problem so I'm like, okay, there's something going on with my hip today. Probably. There is so much dialogue in your body. There's so much dialogue in my body. Look at, you just went into like, what's a knee? That's what my mind says. <laughs> what is a knee? What is a knee? I've never even thought about it. I know. It's kind of incredible when you actually think about it. Because then I think, okay, my ankle hurts. All, now that I think about it, my hip actually hurts too. So I wonder if it came from my hip. So for me, there's some damage that's there right now. I don't know what it is or what it's from. And we actually can hold damage with emotions in our bodies in different places. So we could hold damage like in our stomachs, in our chest, in our joints as well. Um, so it's important to think about, is there damage that's happening right now in these joints? And if I continue to maybe push myself too far with working out, will I cause more damage? I read this article. And if I ignored it, I definitely would. It, it brings back the sense of this article that I read about how trauma is not just necessarily a, a mental experience. It's also a very physical experience. Absolutely. And how the body kind of is this archive that remembers things. It keeps, it stores these things. Yes. So they did this weird, I don't, I don't quite know the details, so I'm just going to go into what I heard about it. So what they were doing was they were chasing after a polar bear. Mm-hmm. And they shoot tranquilizer darts at the polar bear. And what they observe was the polar bear goes down mm-hmm. and the polar bear started to do all these strange kind of movements because it was still running. Right. And the polar bear got out all of this running energy and then it collapses naturally. Mm. Human beings, on the other hand, will go through a traumatic experience, will restrict their body. Yep. And they'll hold all of that energy in yep. and they won't play out the running that's needed or required. I love that you brought this up. I really do. Trauma work is something that I'm super passionate about. And that's why a lot of, there's actually the research is now going more towards how do we release that kind of clenched up energy, that traumatic energy that's trapped, literally trapped in our body. And there's a lot of body movement and body work that's being done with it. That's why yoga and movement therapy is actually so incredible for trauma survivors because it just really gets all of that running out of that person's system. It's So I have a friend who um, was in a really bad car accident when he was like younger. The car flipped a couple of times, like really traumatic. And then recently he was actually rear-ended 
So he, for a long time, struggled with like being in a car, like kind of like clenching up if someone got too close to him. So recently, he like you saw it coming. He knew it was coming. He kind of like clenched up, and it got rear-ended. And now, for the past like month, he has literally been driving clenched up, constantly looking in the rearview mirror, constantly checking it. So that trauma was reactivated because of a, a second accident, and now his body is still responding in that same way because. He hasn't let it out. When I'm in therapy, I'm so weirdly conscious of other people's bodies. So once again, it's the whole like not taking my own advice, but being really good at going for that external. Yeah. So I'm always looking at gestures. What are the ways that people carry themselves into the office? Sometimes the most immediate thing that you can change or alter about it is to notice: is a person slumped? Are they? How are they sitting with their back? Even to just give a permission to somebody to say, "I want you to close your eyes, and for a moment, I want you to imagine that your body is a chair that you haven't sat in all day, yeah. and I want you to just make yourself comfortable." And you'll instantly see people kind of brighten or release, and or come these, to that space. Yeah, and come into that space, and for whatever it is, they'll just be there and. And it really does demonstrate how, even with your friend, if he's in that car and he's holding that position and he's in that fear, you see that mind-body talk, that communication is yep. going on. Even if we're not as aware of it, our body is doing something. And if we could then, in that moment, notice, okay, my body is holding something. It is reacting to something. It is preparing for something. What? Is happening for me. How can maybe I take a deep breath, or how can I maybe walk through a relaxation? How can I really kind of let my limbs and my body relax and get into this space and into this moment? The thing is, is that it doesn't feel that way at the time. Mm-mm. It feels painful. Un- un- yeah, it feels painful. Healing. Going back to your your fever reference, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, the a few weeks ago. I got really sick. I was I was feeling the stomach bug that I woke up with and it was completely dysregulating my temperature and I was at work and I'm like shivering and I'm oh, excusing myself. Look good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like excusing myself and I'm trying to work on this PowerPoint presentation at a cafe because like shaking. We, yeah, and I'm just shaking and I'm like I'm trying to email this thing. And right after I sent this email, I'm talking to my boss. I'm like, "Okay, uh, I got to get off because I think I'm going to throw up." Mm. And then immediately, I couldn't find the bathroom keys. I'm at this coffee shop, and I had to throw up in a trash can. Oh, boy. And it was this rush that comes over me because the moment that I released, I felt better. My body suddenly was just like, whoa. And the, it was a really warm day, mm-hmm. but because my temperature was so disagreeable, I felt cold and sh- like shivering. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I was aware that I had been sweating. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, it shows you that this healing can feel really, really uncomfortable. It can. And it's hard, I think, when people come in, or myself, or you, or anyone, how do we tell when we're in pain, and how do we tell when we're in the process of healing? Exactly. I had someone come in um, today who literally, like, basically was walking so fast throughout the building. She went past the first lobby, past the second lobby, all the way back to the the last door, and then she comes up, she's like, oh my gosh, sorry, I just saw you. It is this scattered feeling that maybe if we check in with ourselves, then we recognize 
something's going on. I had to actually tell her kind of similar to what you're saying. Okay, I feel like I'm running around with you. I feel like we're running. Why don't we just take a moment and just be? But she had to kind of be in that uncomfortable space, that little scattered, like all over the place to be able to recognize, okay, there's something going on for me in my body, in my mind. The mind can tell, I think when he hears that voice that says you're in pain or you're in hunger, out of energy the mind will just say i think something i think the mind just is, is a jerk and just will come <laughs> in and just say well you know there's nothing you can do about it right now or it might not be very nice and it might turn into anger and irritability and it might yeah. turn into just being mean to yourself of like that that depression talk of like well you're not good enough you don't deserve to sleep or have a good time or you know whatever it is so no matter what i think we're finding the space that to heal, to go from being in pain to a state of healing, mm-hmm. there has to be a dialogue. There has to be a listening. If it's a monologue, it's not happening. Right. If you're just lost in your own thought, if you're just ignoring or suppressing, not listening to what your body has to say, then you're definitely not on a path of healing. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes me think about in the process of healing, how do we maybe open up or get help? Because sometimes we can't do what we want to do. Sometimes like right after my surgery, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't necessarily make food for myself even. Like it was a very tough process and it was hard for me to ask for help. So a lot of times in the process of of healing, whether it's emotional healing or a physical heal ailment that's happening, how do we ask for help? And that's that's that listening thing. It, it, it's a repeating and continuous listening process. People come and ask, you know, this this therapy help. Will this right. will this heal me? And it's more, I I feel it's about getting a person to a place of, can you, will you allow me to help you hear yourself? Absolutely. I'll even say people to people, I'm a I'm an amplifier for what you're telling me. If I'm doing my job really well, it's not me prescribing to you, it's not me advising you, it's not me even guiding you. Mm-hmm. I just want to be the loudest kind of speaker that tells you what you're telling me. So we're like the fever. Ooh, I like it. Right? I've always wanted to be. In a lot of the ways, fever. we are. We are the fever. We we ask people to come into this space to be extremely vulnerable with us, share things that they've never shared with anybody ever before. That gets into that vulnerability, into that, um, you know, ailment, for lack of a better word. And then what we do is we kind of heat it up a bit. Completely. So, so often I have to explain to people, I'm not here to be a relief from your feelings. Anything that you're using to alter your feeling state, whether it's TV, whether it's drugs, whether it's a relationship, anything that is you actively saying, I don't want to feel this thing, so I'm going to change it. Right. That's not you listening. That's not you healing. Exactly. In many ways, as a therapist, I'm there to just 
actually make you feel more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. To face those things that we've been avoiding, to actually look them in the face and say, okay, I'm feeling really anxious because of this breakup that I went through and I don't want to let go of this person and I'm not ready to and I don't want to move on. And <laughs> Right, and then they're right there are all the stages of the change that's required because at that moment you're you listen and what i hear is oh you need to let this go to move on or right. you need to accept this to move on yeah instead of avoiding our numbing we're actually listening to what is happening in our mind and in our body i can't help but feel that the thing that i do with myself sometimes is i, I play this game where i play the sick role I play, I play up at times when I'm sick and all I want to do is, is talk about being sick or complain about being sick mm-hmm. or really just be stuck in being sick, you know, sure. or stuck with my problem or stuck with the thing. Like, And so that's also an interesting thing to observe that we can, as, as people and, and myself, we can keep just going on and on and on about our position to our friends, to other people. Hey, this thing happened to me. I'm really sad. I'm really this. And it's monologue, monologue, monologue. Versus actually saying, you know, okay, this thing happened to me. I know that it happened. I really would like to work towards feeling better. That's like a totally different dialogue. And, you know, the first one is being stuck in the, well, this thing happened to me. And therefore, like, I'm just going to be sad and nothing nothing ever good is going to happen if we though accept okay this thing happened and it hurts and it's very tough however i would like to learn from that i want to heal from it and i would like to move forward i think that that's the first step people would take when they come to therapy is they say i had this problem i really want to come into this space and work through it and work through it not avoid it not subtract it not reduce it not eliminate it actually go through it experience that's going to be my therapy practice i'm going to call it just the fever (laughs) can you please when you first walk into a first session be like welcome to the fever (laughs) (laughs) that'd be so funny so with that kind of energy i want to i want to read this this poem and before I read, I want to give some background. So Christian Wyman is this American poet that was raised in West Texas, but actually settled down quite a bit in Chicago, Illinois. So he wrote this beautiful work of poetry called Every Riven Thing. And a lot of that came from his own kind of portrait of himself and his life when he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, which he was led to believe would ultimately lead to his demise he survived and he's still alive today as far as i know and he wrote this he wrote this great poem that i think will fit in with some of the stuff that we're talking about today it's called and i said to my soul be loud madden me back to an afternoon i carry in me not like a wound but like a will against a wound Give me again enough man to be the child, choosing my own annihilations. To make of this severed limb a wand to conjure, a weapon to shatter, dark matter of the dirt dauber's nests, galaxies of glass, 
whacking glints, bash dancing on the cellar's fire. I am the sound the sun would make if the sun could make a sound. And the gasp of rot stabbed from the compost lump in living death is me. Oh, my life, my war in a jar. I shake you and shake you and may the best ant win. For I am come a whirlwind of wasted things and I will ride this tantrum back to God until my fixed self, my fluorescent self, my grief nibbling, unbewildered wall to wall self withers in me like a salted slug. It's kind of incredible the point of acceptance that that poem talks about. You know, it's accepting that he had to go through this ailment and he might not be the exact same that he was when he started and he's going to look different and it's going to be painful. However, instead of choosing to just be sick and be stuck in the, I'm sick, so nothing's going to get better, I'm stuck in this, it's more of this, I accept that this is what's happening to me. Right. He chooses, he says, like, I choose my own annihilation. Exactly. I choose that, I accept that, but that doesn't, I'm not just going to lie down and take it, I'm going to fight. Yeah, if this self that has to disappear, let it be the self that feels limited mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. chemo treatment. Let it be the self that it's experiencing. Let me be the sun if it had a sound. Right. It's pretty incredible because it's really hard to actually get there. And we really hope that you utilize some of the tools that we gave you. Think about these things a little bit more. Fabrice, I'm going to challenge you to really connect with your body this week. How do we, how do we heal, Rachel? How do we heal? <laughs> don't get it. How do we heal? What is this from? I how don't understand. Heal? How we heal, Rachel? How we heal. Okay. So Alan is the producer of our podcast. Head over, check out our SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash vibes. Go over to our website. I created a little portion at the end where you can submit any inquiries, any questions, any topics that you want us to talk about. Our website is mindfulchatter.org. Subscribe to us on all of our channels. We're up on iTunes as Mindful Chatter. We're at soundcloud.com slash mindfulchat. Always up on Twitter at mindfulchat. Um, and you can send any inquiries to mindfulchatterpodcast at gmail.com. This has been Mindful Chatter. We'll see you next time.